Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the OK Preps Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined, as always, by our high school sports editor, Barry Lewis. Barry, always good to be with you. And, uh, you know, the, the news gods are shining on us today with, uh, with a, lot of, a lot of moving parts on the, uh, on, the, on the basketball beat. So let's kind of jump in there. Uh, let's start with Lee Mayberry. Um, you know, the, the Mayberry name, obviously well known in this, the area, not only because of Lee, but because of his daughter's, his five daughter success. Uh, but now he's taking his first uh, head coaching job at a high school in Oklahoma, uh, Kasha Hall. What are your thoughts on that? But uh, that's uh, quite an impressive hire by Kasha Hall. And uh, it'll be interesting because this is going to be Lee. Lee's done just about everything you can do in basketball. Go to the play in the Final Four, be the state player of the year, Tulsa World State Player of the Year, win a high school state championship as a player, play seven years in the NBA. But he hasn't been a high school head coach before. So and he's been a college assistant recently, recently four years on the staff at ORU. Prior to that, uh, um, he had been three years as an Arkansas men's assistant. A year in between was spent at Watson Chapel, a high school in Arkansas, as a boys assistant. So that's his high school coaching experience as far as a high school. He's coached AAU teams in the past. but uh, So this will be a new experience for Lee. And uh it's uh, going to be very interesting to see what he can do with the Cash Hall program. Um, uh, Lee um, is—he's also going to be the dean of students, so he's going to have a couple of new adventures and experiences at Cash Hall. And um, Cash Hall is looking for Lee not just for what he can bring in a basketball perspective, but from just an overall leadership ability. So. Um, it's very interesting to me as I talked to him the other day. Uh, I remember first interviewing him back on December 10th, 1985. When he was a sophomore at Rogers, 15-year-old sophomore. And here we are 36 or 37 years later, and he's back on the high school scene. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Kesha Hall is a really good basketball tradition. They've been a little bit down in recent years, but uh, um their last state title was in 2009, last state tournament in 2012. So he's got some work to do. But again, a great foundation has been laid there by Brian Riley and Danny Hightower is retiring. Mm -hmm. And as he says, he will look to build on it. So whenever you have the Mayberry name, that's going to get attention. As Not every high school is going to have a seven-year NBA veteran, one of the greats in Arkansas basketball history. And um, something else I, I did ask him about uh, – because he's, his youngest daughter has been playing for Booker T. Washington. And so she will remain at Booker T. Washington. So anyone thinking, well, she might come along to Casha Hall, that's not the case. Because um, the Mayberries have a tradition. Um, I think she'll be the fourth of the Mayberry daughters to graduate from Booker T. when, she, when that time comes. So um, uh, she's going to stay at Booker T. while Lee coaches at Casha Hall. Have you talked with him much over the years, Barry? I mean, you re referenced your 85 interview. Just over the years, have you gotten to know him much? I'm curious what he's I – mean, we, we all know his, his basketball accomplishments. What's he like as a guy? No, um, I talked with him a whole lot for, for his last three years at, at Rogers. But the only time I have really had a chance to talk with him, I mean, I would see him out and about, of course, at, uh, at games with his large family. <laughs> uh, you know, they always have a large support system for one of his daughter's plays, whether it's college or high school level. But the only time I interviewed him after his high school days was uh, 
it was during his NBA career and he came here for an exhibition game. I had a good interview with him back in the 90s. So it's been a while. So it was really good to catch up with Lee the other day. And uh, after all, it's not uh, every day I get a chance to interview someone in 2022 that I interviewed back in 1985. Did you reference that 85 interview with him? I did. I did. Okay. Did, did he remember? I don't think he rem I don't think he remembered specifically that moment because you know I talked with him a lot of times in his high school career, but uh, I that moment uh, back in the old Rogers gym and uh, and uh, he led them to an overtime victory that night over East Central. So, speaking of uh, local college legends taking over metro area uh, programs, Lou Dawkins uh, is the new Muskogee coach. Uh, we wrote about that, what, a week or so ago, Barry? Yes. Uh, your thoughts on that hire? Well, again, uh, what a, a great hire. Uh, Lou Dawkins, of course, I mean, he's got a great name. He hit the most iconic shot, arguably, in University of Tulsa basketball history, the three-pointer that ensured the win over OSU in the first six, Sweet 16 trip in 94. So if that wasn't enough, uh, you've got uh, – but he's also someone who's had a great level of um, success at the high school level, albeit not in Oklahoma, back in his home of Sag hometown of Saginaw, Michigan, where he won a couple of state championships before going the college assistant coaching route at Saginaw. He coached Draymond Green. So um, uh, Draymond, Todd Draymond, all he knows. <laughs> so, um, but obviously laid a great foundation for what a career Draymond Green's had. And uh, those Saginaw teams were ranked in the top 25 nationally each of the years he won state championships. And so he's, um, and then he coached about a decade at the major college level. And he's been in Muskogee the last three years. And now uh, it just seems a very smooth fit for him to be elevated to head coach when Linwood Wade stepped down to uh, focus on his family's administrative duties. Mm, sure. So uh, more news on the basketball front, Barry. Uh, Booker T. Washington uh, duo Aaron Parker, I'm sorry, Aaron Potter and Cam Parker uh, both went the JUCO route, which any other year they would probably go Division One after the success they had and all that. Um, and you and I have talked about this before. It's kind of the, you know, the transfer portal versus, you know, extra COVID year. Do you think once the COVID year is done, things like this may not happen? Or is this more of a transfer portal kind of thing? And this is just reality and this kind of stuff is going to happen. I don't know if it ever get back completely to normal, like as of like it used to be like three or four years ago. But I think once the COVID eligibility passes, the extra COVID eligibility passes, I think uh, it, things will loosen up a little bit. Um, yes, I'm, I, I mean, it's really surprising to see players of that caliber not being able to get a major college shot right away. I think they eventually will, but uh, that's the way things are going these days. So instead of playing in the major college level next year, they'll be playing in the Jayhawk Conference in Kansas. Uh, really good conference they'll be playing against each other so uh, yeah that'd be a fun game to watch those two go at it although as as cam said yesterday when i was at the signing ceremony that won't they played against each other all their life well except the past year the fact yeah. uh, um aaron's cam's last game as a junior uh was against aaron 
in a playoff game when Aaron was at Owasso. So I think both of them are going to eventually wind up at a major college level. They're just too good not to get that chance eventually, assuming they put in the work, which I think they will. They both have a really strong work ethic and, and um, they're going to make the most of it, as I, they said in, for my story, that they were initially disappointed, obviously, sort of mad, but um, they're going to make the most of it. Uh, it's, they've come to terms with it, and they're going to work to get stronger and better. I mean, I, I read your story, Barry, and, I, you know, and I, I appreciate the fact that they did say, you know, hey, yeah, we were disappointed, but, you know, it's, it seems just from reading your story that they've I don't know if come to terms with it is the right way to say, but it seems like they took it in stride. They're going to just go the it road. It is what it is, I think, is sort yeah. of what, what the, just the general mindset was and is. You know, that's just what they're going to have to go with. And, uh, and uh, it's a little detour in where they want to get to. But uh, I, I think in the long run, hopefully it will make them better players in the long run. So when they get the major college chance, they'll be ready to uh, take off and run with it. Did you ask him what, what was there any chance of maybe last minute landing at a local school? I mean, I know the local schools have had a few years to look at these kids, but even in the last up until they signed, was there any chance they might wind up at OSU or OU or TU did that or ORU? Did that I did not ask them specifically about that. I was just assuming since they had waited um, several weeks after the signing date as a lot of people did, very few people signed when the signing period opened because mm -hmm. um, they were waiting for spots to open up. And so, um, Your so phone never stops ringing. I yes. just, yeah, it's always on. Exactly. You've just been a meeting with me where I had like four calls. During yeah. That. So anyway, um, I, I think they pretty well felt that they exhausted all opportunities. They waited. They didn't sign right away when the signing period started and that uh, that uh, just nothing was going to open up. So uh, yeah. I think they, they they waited as long as they could. At some point, you've got to make the decision and because everyone's got to move on. I mean, JUCOs have um, – mm -hmm. they've got plans to make too. Yeah. 100%. You don't want to lose out in the game of musical chairs. Yeah. And then also, uh, uh, as we find out on Twitter yesterday, uh, Bixby standout Parker Fredrickson has decommitted from OSU. And when he committed to OSU, you and I talked about it. And you even said then, we'll, we'll see if he ends up there. Um, not that he still can't, um, but your, your thoughts on seeing that on Twitter yesterday. I was really surprised it happened so quickly because it wasn't that long ago that he committed to Oklahoma State. But I remember, yes, yeah, saying when he committed to Oklahoma State, not just talking specifically about him, uh, but I think you may have asked me, what did I think about his commitment to OSU? And I think I said at the time that, yeah, it'd be a great get for OSU. But so it's, I'm really don't get too excited about commitments by juniors uh, because there's such a long time. I get and I say this about football, too, at this time of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, don't really get carried away too much with them because no matter what the individual, so much can happen on both ends, whether it's the individual or the college. So there's a long time between now and signing date. So I don't really, when commitments are made, I think I said at the time, like no matter who, who you're talking about, what school or what individual you're talking about, you know, half of those early commitments aren't going to end up with the um, – student athlete actually playing for that university even yeah. when they're made that early yeah 
So kind of staying on the same theme, uh, very uh, former Booker T. Washington standout J.J. Hester uh, has announced he's going to leave Missouri and go to the Sooners. Um, and I, he's, you know, I feel like we have so many good football players in this area year to year. At least I sort of kind of quickly forget about them if they leave the area. And then sometimes if they come back, you're like, oh, yeah, that kid for sure. Um, so I'll, and that, that's kind of how I felt when I saw the, the Twitter post from JJ. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, your thoughts on him coming in state? Well, it'd be exciting to see what he can do at OU. I remember at Booker T, he had his – I thought he would have been a, a great fit at OU um, when he was playing at Booker T. I mean, I thought he was that good. I mean, there's some players um, – I mean, when you look at his career – I mean, uh, nothing against Gentry Williams, because who's an outstanding athlete, and hopefully he'll have a lot of success at OU. He's having a great track season, by the way. But as far as what they did from a football career standpoint, there's no comparison between J.J. Hester and Gentry Williams. J.J. Uh, Hester had an outstanding career at Booker T. Washington, helped them win a state title. And so I can see him fitting in really well at OU. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully Gentry will too. That'd be a great story. Yeah, it, yeah. Always exciting to see the former local stars do well at the next level. That's 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 a lot of fun. All right, well, Barry. Unless there's anything else, uh, unless there's another transfer or another commit or somebody we left out, uh, let's call that good for this week. How about you and I take off next week because we'll both be busy with PGA. You you more so than me. You'll actually be on the grounds as will be the whole staff, uh, sports staff. So uh, let's take off next week, and we'll catch up the week following. Although one, I'll throw out one more thing, though. Uh, All World Awards tickets uh, are on sale. That, of course, is August 2nd. I have the date right, Mary? August yes, 2nd? Sir. Yeah. Uh, Rod Thompson is our keynote speaker. Uh, of course, our generous sponsor is Bill Knight Automotive. And, uh, yeah, get your tickets now, allworldawards.com, August 2nd. It's our annual show. It's always fun honoring high school kids, uh, one of the best things we do. So I'll throw that out there. Uh, Barry, we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thanks.